0: I get, can I just say something before I start today? I want to just say something. But do you realize how good you got it? Do you realize how good your worship is in this place? Yeah. Do you really know that? It's like if you're listening on a podcast right now, you, you, you're missing out. You need to get down here and, and listen to the worship. Um, and allow, there's something about worship I love. And worship isn't actually here, it's in there. It's in here. Um, and I think that there's a whole society that's busting out. And I, I preached 17 hours ago on Romans. Um, it was an impromptu sermon to a group that's very different to this group, I can tell you. It's pretty rough. But, but, it was, but the thing that hit me is I think there is a groaning in creation to shout out glory to God. There's a groaning in, in who we are. God created us to worship him. And I think there's a groaning. There's a... there's a somewhere you need to let it out. And I want to encourage you um, in this. And do you know or the other thing you might not realise is, and I, and I say this honestly, that you have got one of the best communicators in this state leading this church. You know, he is Mark and Louis, but, I, but Mark... And honest, you know, we need to tell people about him. Um, we were t- I was talking to someone outside this church the other day, and they were saying, you know, people need to hear this man. Um, he is a very, very, very good communicator, um, one of the best. And uh, and we need to promote that and tell people about that. We need to honour the gifts God's given us, right? And you've got a gift, so let's honour it. Um, let's make sure not just to pat him on the back, but honour it by Getting more people to hear it, um, because he is one of the best I know of, anyway. And I've been around the traps a little bit, um, and uh, and I think he's great. And you know, even this morning, yeah, you know, we he, he, I, we were here. I, I'm sitting there on my seat, and Mark's leading the pre-service thing, and I'm going, "You need to be preaching this." I, I'm going to change my message because it was so good. Um, he was introducing your series about the kingdom of God and and how we live in a kingdom that is very different. And yet there's a kingdom of God that we actually have access to that wants to come to earth. And so this whole series is about us actually bringing the kingdom of God into a culture that is kingless. Except for the kings of ourselves. So, and I love what Mark said. And I thought, man, you should preach that. I don't want to preach this. This is this, That was awesome sitting there going, man, I'd change. So next week, you need to get here and hear what Mark's got to say. Because it's going to run circles around what I've got to say. Oh. I can tell you right now. No. Why? I'm going to pray first. Father God, um, just <laughs> take this, this message today. Um, take my fumblings. Um, and, uh, and Lord, today, just bring glory to your name and bring us into your place. Amen. Why? Why? Hmm. Why? See, it's a powerful word. It's a three-letter word and it holds so much power because it can create such different emotions, right? Your little son comes along and says, "Daddy, Why? And you think, why is this so good? He knows how wise I am and how intelligent. And my child has come to ask me to tell him all about the universe, which is good. The first time he asks the why, until you give him the answer and he asks why again. And you give him that answer and he asks why again. And in the end, out of frustration, you've moved from this feeling of, wow, this is good to a, because I said so. And we moved the Y to the who, right? We moved the Y, little letter Y, to the little letter who. Took the Y out and put the O in, and we end up with, because I said so. And the question today is, I want to challenge us on who. You see, it was Simon Sedek who said, "Why isn't just a word, it's a powerful word. Concept and when you're talking about business and Simon Sinek is a he's a communicator. He writes fantastic books on leadership and business and from a business and organisational point of view, yes, always start with the why. It's a powerful concept. What I want to suggest to you, who is a more powerful concept? And and. Quite often in our lives, the question isn't the why, it's especially when you're hitting tough times. The book of Job, great example. Job, man, wealthy, got everything going for him, got a wife or two, he's got, yes, I think he's had a couple, Um, and he had great kids and he had grandkids and life was looking pretty good for Job until God in his sovereignty allowed the enemy to mess up his life a little bit. And to see how strong his who is and not his why. And so he messed up his life and three guys come along with the questions of trying to answer the why this happened. And then you get to the end of the book of Job, which is in the Old Testament. Read it, it's a great book, just a little book. And he gets to this and he says, Job 42 verse 5. In my words, I once knew about you, but now I know you. I once knew the concept of God, but now I see him, I know him. And, and the issue of life is sometimes God's just taking us through that stuff that hits us and hits us and hits us to bring us to a place of not the wise is happening to me, but to the who. Who's in control? Who is the king of this? Who, who is it? And I think that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks is that if the kingdom of God is here, then who is it that's actually in my life? In the old days, I used to run old days. <laughs> Once upon a time, I, I used to run these seminars and for, for schools and for, um, you've probably been to leadership seminars or PD days. And we always try and do these little activities to get conversation happening, right? A little conversation starters, and we used to do this one. You might remember I used to call it um, um, the uh, the boat, um, getting in your boat. And the idea is we would give this we break you up into groups of five. Won't do that today, but we break you up into groups of five, and we say, let me give you this little scenario. Right now, you're on a boat, a big boat. It's a cruiser, and this cruiser has just hit an iceberg. You may have heard that once before, and hit this iceberg. And you're all rushing out in your groups and you are the last group on the ship and there's only one lifeboat left and there's only takes four people and there's five of you. You've got to work out who's going to stay out of the boat and who's going to get in the boat. And here's your profiles. You've got five minutes to decide because the boat's going down. The ship's going down pretty quickly. So you've got five minutes to decide. And here's your profile. Here's a single mom. Here's an older person. Here's a doctor. Here's all these profiles. And you've got to decide who's going to stay in the boat. And first of all, you get some great hero says, oh, it's okay. I'll stay on the boat. Right? That's because it's a game. If it wasn't a game, I wouldn't stay on the boat. But I'll be the hero. And it's... and. But no, 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 you're a doctor. We won't need a doctor. I'm, oh, and you're a, you're a, oh, you're, you're a good looking after the kids. We haven't got any kids. so That's okay. So you can stay. Okay. No, um, we work it all out. And the question I've got for you is in your life. If the ship's going down, who do you want in your boat? Yeah, good who do you want in your boat? Because I reckon I want a boat, someone in my boat who's actually going to be able to help me get through to the other side. I want someone who's got authority. I want somebody who I can trust. I want somebody who can turn the waves into a flat. I want somebody who can row real good. I want somebody who can get me out of this situation. Who's in your boat? Because you see, who is actually in your boat is more important than who is against your boat. Who, who is actually in your life right now is more important than what's coming against your life. Yeah. Because if you're just trying to get yourself through life, you may not, if you're like me, and we generally have a low sense of who we are inside, I'm probably struggling because my boat's hitting a hard time. And I'm not sure I've got, the, I've got it to get through because I know who I am. I might need some outside help in my boat. I want to ask you, who's in your boat? Now, I heard a story the other day of a friend. Um, he's actually shared this publicly, so I can share it publicly with you. He was a guy that had uh, a pretty confident fellow. He knew all about Jesus, grew up with Jesus. He knew all about him. Um, and uh, he was over in the eastern states, had a, a business. He'd been running for 20 years, and he heard that his mum over in WA was crook, and he needed to come over here. So he said to his wife, I think we've got to pack up and go over and be with mum. That was before the borders were closed. And his wife said, no problem, I'm going anyway. What he didn't hear was, I'm leaving you. He ends up thinking, well, we'd better get this organised. So he rings around his clients and um, the suppliers to his company and he said, within an hour, I lost all my business. Within an hour, his business closed down. In an hour, 20 years of hard work has ended up with nothing. He turns up up over here. He can't find a job. His wife has decided to leave him with the kids. He's now in a place where my world has fallen apart. And his comment was, I couldn't even hear the birds singing. I thought about that. Have you got to a stage where you can't hear the birds anymore? You can't hear creation around you anymore? You can't hear the peace anymore. And he, he was in that place. And he said to the point where his, he had his curtains pulled down and, and he did say that when he came out of it, he went out to do his washing only to find out that um, the washing that he'd left on there three months ago had now got cobwebs over it and there was a plant had grown over the. That's how bad it was, right? Um, but he, he said he went to this camp and some guys were talking and sharing their tough stuff and he suddenly realised there's something, I've got some stuff inside me that's actually helpful for others. I've got, there is something, I've got some knowledge, I've got some experience inside me that's helpful for others. And it says, all of a sudden, I could hear the birds again. All of a sudden, the sun started to shine again. You see, when we realise that the one in our boat isn't just there to help us get through, the one in our boat is also there, wants to do something through you. Because when you do something through you, you actually find your value. Because you weren't created for yourself. You were created for someone else. You were created for this world. You've got a king if you're a believer today, maybe you're not a believer and I want to invite you to, to actually invite the King into your lives today. Because if you, if you haven't, let me tell you, all of a sudden, your lifeboat or your boat of life changes its direction. So I want to have a talk to you today and chat to you today as we go in this series about, let's look at who the who is that could actually get into your boat. And Paul writes this letter to um, to a, a, a church in a place called Colossia. And Colossia is an interesting place because it was a town that Paul had never actually been to. And the only reason that he knew about this place was because of a guy called Ep- Epiphras. Is that how you pronounce it, Mark? Uh, Something like that. We'll just say Epi, okay? Epi. So... This guy has actually been there and read 1 Colossians 1 because it actually tells you a bit about this fellow and we all need to be Epaphras, I think that's his name. Because he was a guy who brought a report to Paul about what was happening, the good things that were happening in the church. I want to be one that brings a good report about the church. There's lots of people who are bringing bad reports about the church. Just start bringing good reports about the church. I'm sick and tired of hearing the negatives. I want to hear that God's church, his bride, is doing well. And so he brings, he comes and he talks to Paul in prison. Now, Paul is in prison. He's probably a home prison, right? He was actually not in a dungeon at this time. And remember too, he's in Rome when he's writing this. So it's not long before he's going to get his head chopped off on the road outside of town. So he's writing this letter to encourage this church who he's just heard about in Colossia, which he never got to, he would like to have gone to. Now Colossia is an interesting place because they used to make um, dye materials and, uh, and the business, from what I understand in reading history, is its business was starting to, economy was starting to go down. There was a bit of a struggle in the town. Also found out, and I'm not sure how true this is, but historians believe that it was a massive earthquake about um, 60 AD, which would be about three years after this particular letter, that actually wiped out the city. So you can imagine that when someone writes a letter, this letter that was written by Paul to this church, this group of people called Believers in Colossia, they didn't just go, oh, that's a nice letter. Let's just put it in the bin or file it away. They kept that letter and they kept reading it. So you can imagine, they read this when they were hitting the toughest of times. And Paul is trying to encourage them in this letter to the point where in um, 1 Corinthians 1.13, he says, For he, talking about God, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. We live in a kingdom of darkness, which is negativity with the curtains went down and I can't hear the birds. And transformed us into the kingdom of his son, which is the kingdom of light who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins, which Louis just told about, talked about. In other words, Jesus can be your king if you allow him to bring you into his kingdom. Yeah. And the king is what Paul then goes on to describe what this king is like. So let's have a look at it. Read with me if you would in Colossians 1 verse 15. We're going to read through this. And listen to this, the who. If he's not yet, could be part of in your boat. And look what what that would mean if this person was in your boat. And for some of you who are believers, maybe he's already there, but we've forgotten who's actually on board. And you might want to call on him. Let's have a look at this. It starts off with Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. God Became, the Word became flesh. God came and dwelt. Jesus is more than a baby in a manger. Jesus is more than just a good bloke who had a great way of preaching. He was more than just a guy who could do lots of good tricks. He he was not just someone in history. He was God in the flesh. He was the invisible God that we sometimes can't see has become visible. So if you want to see God, look at Jesus. Yeah. I think I might have told you, my atheist friend once said, I was talking to him about what I what if I start a conversation about God? He said, don't talk about God. I said, why not? He said, talk about Jesus. I said, why? He said, I read your book that you gave me. That's the Bible. He said, Jesus was awesome. Let's talk about Jesus. That's fine, because if I talk about Jesus, I talk about God. Because you see, Jesus did live on earth and he was God in the flesh because he rose from the dead. No one's ever done that like he has before. So he's God. So if you want to know about God, look at Jesus. He is the very, Visible of the invisible. Then he goes on to say, let's keep going, this is a great book. He existed before any time was created and is supreme over all creation. He's supreme, all powerful. So what you're facing right now, he's more powerful. Through and for, through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rules and authorities in the unseen world. The unseen world means that there is a spiritual influence on this world today. Even unchurched people will tell you that. There is a spiritual influence. There is spiritual authorities rolling over our world right now. But you know what? They're not a surprise to God. It's not a surprise to Him because as it says, he actually even was part of all that. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else and he holds all creation together. This is the God, this is the one that wants to get in your boat. This is the one that some of you already got in your, life, in your boat of life. This is the king who wants to rule This kingdom and your kingdom. Let me tell you about him. First of all, you can trust him because he is large and he's in charge. He's a big God. He's so big, I can't comprehend him. Jesus actually even said, if I told you everything, your brain couldn't hold it because God is so big. We try and put him into our little box, into our little life-size box. He's like, I'm so big, I'm I'm bigger than that. I'm much bigger than that. But that's all you can see me in right now. Is your God too small? Is your God too small that it can't handle your depression? Is your God too small that he can't handle your your struggles with unemployment and lack of finances? Is your God too small that he can't handle your sickness? Is God too small that he can't handle that tough relationship that you're going through at work? Because, see, my God that I'm reading here, the King of Kings, the invisible God, the vi- invisible God made visible is a God that is large yeah. and is in charge. Yeah. Says here, no, it doesn't. Yes, you can trust God because he is powerful. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, 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 we know he's powerful, Steve. Now, do you really know he's powerful? I want to suggest to you that you, if you are struggling stuff and you haven't asked God to intervene, it probably means you don't think he can even do it or you don't believe he actually exists or you think it's just an idea that you're trying to convince yourself about. But your God is powerful. I prayed for someone last night and man, I freaked me out because I wasn't expecting it. I was just this, is part of, this is just a story, sorry Mark. But I was praying for someone once, right? And uh, first I was, Praying for them, and I have my eyes closed. I'm praying, praying, praying. I pray, pray, pray. Open my eyes, and they're gone. Oh goodness, where they gone to? And I looked down on the floor. Oh, that's why right. I should keep my eyes open next time. Sometimes we need to keep our eyes open because when you pray, God does something. Yeah. Why? Because He's all powerful. Yeah. Our God is a powerful God. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to go off my notes. i have to be careful. You see, God is so powerful; He can take a, de- tell a demon to get out of somebody's body and go. That's what Jesus did. He is so powerful. He can actually tell the water because he created the storms. He can tell the water to, start, to calm down. He, he's so powerful. He can tell a lady that's suffering with sickness for all her life, with bleeding and just can tell her, be healed, and she is. That's how powerful our God is. Our, power, our God can actually go and, and He can see people who are dead come back to life. He is so powerful. He, when He dies, He rips a curtain in, in, a, in a, a huge temple from top to bottom and no one can even see it happen, see who's doing it, it just happened. He's a powerful God. And we need to remind ourselves, the King of your life can be trusted in your boat, Because he's powerful, because he's large and he's in charge. But I want to give you one more. You can trust your God because he's compassionate. He's compassionate. He loves you. He loves you more than you know. It says at one time, Jesus said, A father, if he sees his kid, needs a needs food, doesn't give him a snake and doesn't give him stuff that he doesn't need. He says, he loves them so much, he gives them who? The Holy Spirit. Whoa, well, why do I want a Holy Spirit? I mean, what do we do with that? No, 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 the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's the paraclete that walks alongside us. And so he says, he loves you so much, he hasn't left you alone. He's actually given you the presence of who he is in the Spirit to actually dwell in you and around you. That's how much he loves you. He doesn't just give you bread. He gives you a person that's all powerful. It's actually part of your life. He loves you so much. There's a great great account of Jesus where he's got a mate. His name's Lazarus. And he loves Lazarus. But Jesus is busy. He's a minister. He's busy, right? He's busy doing what what messiahs do, right? He's told that Lazarus is dead. And uh, he goes, I I know I've got to get there, but I'm busy at the moment. Lazarus was dead for four days. Jesus didn't rush to his side. Have you ever thought, I've asked God for this, but he's not getting here? Right? That's because he's got perfect timing. He needed to wait four days. There's a reason for it. I'll tell you about that another day. But there was a reason why he had to wait four days. He gets there, but this is the bit that I love. Mm -hmm. He gets there. And as he's walking into town, his sisters who are upset that Jesus couldn't even come and just save their, his good mate and his, their brother. One of them comes out, Jesus, where was you? And you know, there's a great verse in the Bible and it says, And Jesus wept. That's a sign of compassion, huh? Because you see, why would he weep? He he actually knows what's going to happen. He he knows that Lazarus is going to get out of the tomb. He knows that Lazarus is going to be up and about in a moment. He knows what's going to happen because it's all planned. It was not a surprise. It was all set up. But yet Jesus still cries. He still weeps. Why? Because he has compassion for the hurt and the pain that the sisters were going through. Jesus, he knows where you're going, but he still feels your pain. He still knows what's going to happen, but he still feels your frustration. He loves you. He is compassionate. You can trust him. He's not just going to come and say, it's all right, get over it. No, he's going to go, I'm going to cry with you too. Yeah. Yeah. I've had my own personal experience of that, but I won't tell you the story. You know, in, in closing off, I just want to just uh, take you to a, script, a story of, uh, again, when Jesus was, you'll find it in Matthew um, <laughs> Eight, verse 23, it's just a little tiny, it's about three, three verses for this story. It's not a big story. But Jesus, it says, he jumps in a boat and he says to his disciples, hey, come follow me. Now, if Jesus is in a boat and he's talking to a bunch of fishermen, come and follow me, wouldn't you think they'd already be in the boat? i got a funny feeling and I might be reading into the story. But I reckon they were standing on the shore going, you don't want to get in that boat. We know what happens out there on the lake. We know that storms are going to come. It's about that time of the year. In fact, we can see some clouds happening. You really do not want to get in that boat, Jesus. And Jesus is already there. He said, Come follow me. Come and get in the boat where maybe you know that there's a storm coming. Would you get in a boat if you know a storm's coming unless you know that the bloke in the boat actually is going to get you through it? See, you might be facing a storm of life that you know might happen. And you go, oh, God. And he says, okay, just follow me. We'll get through the storm. We're going to get through it because I'm in the boat. Jesus is in a boat. The guys go, okay, they jump in the boat. It says that they hit a storm just as they probably thought. Waves were coming over the edge. You know what happens in storms? You know when it happens when, when when life gets tough, your attitude starts to change, huh? You start talking to your, your... When you're under tension, when you're under pressure, you start talking to people differently. You start... You don't start... You start looking at not the future anymore. You're not thinking about the holiday you're going to have in two weeks' time. You're talking about... Thinking about survival. You see, when you're in a storm, all of a sudden, those guys, they needed a, someone to get a bucket to get the water out. And they're going, oh, excuse me, Pete, look, if you get around to it, do you mind just... I just want to be nice about this, but would you want to just give me a bucket when you... No, they went, chuck us the bucket. I need the bucket. Give me the bucket. You see, uh, you, you talk differently when you're in under pressure and you're in a storm. Yeah. You, you, you're just thinking about, I just got. if I could just survive, I'll be happy. Because at the moment, I don't think I'm going to. They look around and they see Jesus asleep in the boat. And they wake him up. Jesus, excuse me, do you realise you put us out here? You put me here, man. Can you do something about it? You're asleep. You told us to get in the boat. There's a storm happening. We're about to sink and you're sleeping? And Jesus says, oh, you little face. And he tells the storm, be still. See, this is the story. The king, the, the invisible God who's made visible was sitting in their boat. And they're trying their hardest to survive when the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who knows how storms work, who can tell it to be still, was actually in the boat. And I say that because I think sometimes us Christians forget who's in our boat of life. It's the King. It's the King of Kings. You know, it says here in... in, um, Paul goes on to say later on in verse 27, and it's here somewhere, and it's up here. Colossians 1.27, he says this. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you. The riches and glory of Christ, the visible God, the invisible God who's made visible, is for you. Your Gentiles, for you. Unless you, well, you might be Jewish, I not know. But, but, but you Gentiles, it's for you as well. And then he says this. Oh, I lost it. Come back. Okay. And this is the secret. Christ lives in your boat. If you don't know Jesus lives in your boat, this is a great opportunity to ask him in. Jesus lives in boat. Your life. He lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. If you notice in the Bible, it always starts off with this is what God can do for you, this is who you are. Why? So you can share it with others. You can share His glory. The world is looking for people who can get through the storms, who can get through the storms because they're confident in who's in their life. You see, Jesus. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of heaven and earth, is bigger than your depression. He is bigger than, than the, the worries of no job. He is bigger than the, 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 um, the um, betrayals that you may have felt by others. He's bigger than broken relationships. He is bigger than all the negatives that come from this world. He is bigger than COVID. He's bigger than that. And he said, would you let me be king of your life? Whoa, I better finish. (laughs) Can I pray? Father, I just want to ask right now. For those who are listening on the podcast, who are in this place, Father, I cry out that they wouldn't just hear Steve, but they would hear an invitation that the King Jesus wants to come and rule in their lives. And if you're not a believer today, I ask you that you might invite Him in. It means, first of all, acknowledging that you need Him. And the second thing, it means inviting Him in. Do that, please. Because I want to tell you, He is a King that is bigger than anything you could face. And I want to pray, Father, right now, that those of us in this place who have invited you in, would you help us to turn and acknowledge you are in our boat and acknowledge. And when the the tough stuff comes, Father God, we're going to say, but that's not too big for my king. When the tough stuff comes, when I'm feeling down, I will look back at the back of the boat and I say, But my King is here. And we acknowledge you, King of Kings. We acknowledge you, Jesus Christ. And today, Steve Hall and everyone in this room wants to say, Jesus, we want you as King of our lives. Amen. Amen. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth Environments, head to our website elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.